This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the famous gospel for today is getting at that funny way that religion itself often trips us up. The Romans had that expression, corruptio optimi pessima. The corruption of the best is the worst. And we see it very often in the area of religion. What I mean is the very things that are meant to unite us to God and hence to each other are hijacked by our own worst instincts and tendencies. Religion, as it were, turning on itself, conducing toward the opposite thing. St. Paul, you know, was particularly interested in this matter. Again and again, he points out how the law of God, which remains good. Paul loved the law. He studied it as a young man. He loved it. It remains good. But the law, nevertheless, can become an occasion for the puffing up of the ego, and hence the putting down of one's neighbor. And then the law turns on itself. The more I know the law and practice it, sometimes the more I can notice how much better I am than somebody else. Now, we all know this phenomenon. We see it in others, and we see it in ourselves. It's precisely our knowledge of God's law, the church's law, that enables us actually to find a place of superiority vis-a-vis our neighbors. Remember that old uh, skit from Saturday Night Live called The Church Lady? Dana Carvey plays this fussy old lady who certainly knew her Bible, but used her knowledge to pass judgment on just about everything in the culture and everybody she met. So it's an exaggeration, it's a parody, but we can recognize perhaps in ourselves something of The Church Lady. See, the whole point of religion is to draw us together. The the word itself suggests this, religere. It means to tie back to. It's peculiar, isn't it, when you think about it, the word religion, God, the sacred, the holy. But that's what the word means literally, religere, to tie back to. The implication is that we've fallen away from God and hence from each other that always works together. If you're alienated from God, you will be ipso facto alienated from uh, all of God's creatures. Therefore, we need to be tied back, religiere, tied back to God. But how often the very practices and beliefs that are designed to foster connection actually end up fostering division. There's our problem. That's what the Gospels try to get at today. The parable today, I think, has the quality of good comedy. For it helps us to see the ironic corner that many of us have painted ourselves into. You know, good comedy does that. It often, it'll show you something. It'll shed a light on some odd situation that we found ourselves in. 
maybe despite ourselves, maybe without realizing it, we've backed into this odd corner and it's comedy that will show it to us. This is a good example. So Jesus tells this story of the Pharisee who takes up his position in the temple. First thing we have to realize, I know I've said this to you before, and you probably heard it in a hundred sermons, but it's very important. Pharisees were not bad guys, just the contrary. So we've had 2,000 years now of tradition telling us that Pharisees are bad guys, but they weren't in Jesus' time, just the opposite. People assume that Pharisees were righteous followers of the Mosaic law. They assume that Pharisees were men who took their faith with great seriousness. They took for granted that a Pharisee would walk very confidently into the temple because he undoubtedly felt at home there. He felt justified in being there. And his prayer begins well enough. Oh God, I thank you. Very good way to commence any prayer with gratitude. But then he gives the game away with the next line. Listen. Oh God, I thank you. Why? That I am not like the rest of humanity. Greedy, dishonest, adulterous. Now, again, here we got to be careful. Don't fall into the trap of saying, well, he's just blind to his own faults. You know, if he were really attentive to himself, he would see that, in fact, he is all those things. He is, in fact, greedy, dishonest, and adulterous. He's just not willing to admit it. See, I don't think that necessarily follows at all. And it amounts to an interpretation that undermines a good deal of the power of this parable. See, I presume, and Jesus' audience would have presumed, that this Pharisee is in fact not greedy. He's not dishonest or adulterous. He's telling the truth. He's standing before God, having done righteous things, having avoided unrighteous things. I don't think we have to play... Freudian games here and try to sniff out a secret dark self. There's not a secret dark self. He's showing us who he is. So what's the problem? (laughs) What's the hinge on which this thing is turning? The problem is that he has done undoubtedly many of the right things, but with an entirely wrong attitude and entirely negative consequences. Let me say it again. This Pharisee has done good things. He's undoubtedly right in singing his own praises here. But he's done so with an entirely wrong attitude and entirely negative consequences. See, why should one avoid being greedy, dishonest, or adulterous? So that one might fall more deeply in love with God and one's fellow human beings. The whole point of the law Don't be greedy. Don't steal. Be honest. Don't defraud people. Don't commit adultery. Show respect to your, your husband or wife. The whole point of these laws is to bring us into the stance of falling more deeply in love with God and therefore with one's fellow human beings. The problem is now the Pharisee is reveling in his distinction. He's exulting in the fact that his good moral behavior, and it is good moral behavior, but he's exulting in the fact that it's set him apart from his fellow human beings. Oh, thank God that I am not like these people, adulterous and greedy, etc. 
And this means he's done the right things, but he has not caught the spirit. There's the hinge. There's the hinge of this parable. You can do the right things, but in the wrong way. You can do the right things, but experience just the wrong consequences. You know, here's a comparison. Again, I apologize to the non-sports people that don't like sports comparisons, but they help me. I think coaches know this phenomenon. There's some kids, some players, who know the rules of a game very well. Also, who perform their practice drills with great precision. Think of a coach who's running uh, some kids through drills in football, blocking drills or tackling drills. Some kids perform those very well, but they never learn how to play the game. You know what I'm driving at? They haven't caught the spirit that the rules and the drills are meant to inculcate. See, what's the point of rules in football? So that you can play the game better. If you're violating rules all the time, the fun of the game will be undermined. That's the whole point of rules. What's the point of the drills? That you might, when the propitious moment arrives, actually be able to play the game with a sort of reckless abandon. There's some people who know every rule in the golf uh, rule book, and there are a lot of them, who maybe on the practice range can actually perform golf drills fairly well, but they haven't caught the spirit of the game, and so they don't know how to play it. Friends, moral laws are like that. They are meant to get us off of our egos, to get us out of our little narrow world and actually mix with reality. That's the whole point of them. Don't commit adultery. How come? Well, because that will take you then out of your self-preoccupation. Don't be greedy. Why? That you might now be linked more fully to your neighbors. This is what the Pharisee's missing. Notice that his entire prayer is an act of self-love. I give you thanks, O God, that I am not like other men. See, thank you, Lord, for making me so distinctive. That is in itself necessarily a bad sign that you haven't caught the spirit of prayer. Now, let's turn around and look at the other fellow. A tax collector who stands off on the sign, barely raising his eyes to God. Don't think of him as a good guy. That's, again, based on our 2,000 years of hearing this story. We think, oh, he's a good guy, the tax collector. No, no, he's a very bad man. And that's the whole point of this. The Pharisee's a good man. He does the right things. And the tax collector is a very bad man indeed. Why? Working for the oppressive Romans at a time when Palestine was under enormous oppression. Bilking his own people out of their hard-earned money taking a good deal of it for himself. He was hated, and for darn good reason. It is, here's the point, only appropriate that, quote, he stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven. That's the proper stance for a bad man. I mean, we'd have to say something like a gangster or a, or a child molester. We, we find someone who's, who's remarkably um, objectionable morally. That's the tax collector. But notice now how he prays, not to himself or about himself, but to God. 
oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's the key. Though he was a bad man, and listen, nothing in the little prayer exculpates him. He remains a bad man. But he's getting here the essential element in all religion, religere, to bind back to. He's getting the link to God. He is not like the Pharisees singing his own praise. Rather, he is desperately seeking to unite himself with God. He is hungry for the divine mercy and hence has his mouth pressed against the source. I've said to you before that the root of the word adoration is ad oratio, ad ora, is to be mouth to mouth. When you're adoring God, you're really praying. You are mouth to mouth with God because you're trying, you're hungry. You're trying to take in the divine life. The Pharisee's over there trumpeting his own ego. This man, this bad man, who's done all these bad things, is nevertheless, in the spirit of religion, seeking to bind himself back to God. See, and this is precisely why Jesus comments, the latter, the the tax collector, went home justified, but not the former. See, justification, mishpat in the Hebrew, is what someone came to the temple to find. That's why they prayed and performed sacrifice. That entire system of the temple was designed to produce reconciliation between divinity and humanity. Justification. The point is, the Pharisee, trumpeting his own praise, did not find it. And the tax collector did. So friends, we're like the tax collector, all of us. We're all sinners. How do we find justification? By going mouth to mouth with God. By drawing in the divine life. By saying with him, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere. Every day, everywhere.